So this week, as I was planning for this service, I started having this song run through my head. Maybe you've heard it. If you're considerably younger than me, you may never have heard this song before, but it's called Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. Has anybody ever heard that song? It's kind of one of the old ones from back several years ago, many, many years ago, and I'm going to kind of date myself a little bit from that. But that song started running through my head, and it hasn't rained, so it's not for any particular reason. But you'll see in a moment what, how it all kind of ties in. But the words in the, in the verses, I just want us to look at just a little bit and just kind of jog your memory if you know the song. You, you now it'll probably be stuck in your head singing it the rest of the day. But it says, So I just did some talking to the sun. And as I said, I don't like the way he got things done. He's sleeping on the job. These raindrops are, keep falling on my head. They keep falling. But there's one thing I know. The blues they send to meet me won't defeat me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Raindrops keep falling on my head. But that doesn't mean that my eyes will be soon turning red. Crying's not for me because I'm never going to stop the rain by complaining. But I'm free. Totally not worrying about me. No, sorry, nothing's, nothing's worrying me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Now, it's a catchy song, and if you don't know it, I mean, go look it up in Apple Music or, you know, do a Google search for it. It's a, it's a, it's a different song. But I want you to think about for a second rain when it comes. I mean, it's great when we have rain for our grass, for our lawns, and for, you know, crops and all those things. But most of us really aren't that excited when it starts to rain and it affects us. So as I'm coming out of a building, going to my car, or you know, all these things, I don't really want to get wet. It really messes up my hair. But, you, you know, maybe you've got, had some similar, you get your clothes all wet, and then you get cold, and then you're sitting in your car, and it's just, it's miserable. And we don't like to get wet. So when you think about rain that's coming, and how it just really negatively can affect you, and in the words of the song, he's like, I'm not going to let that change my perspective. It's not going to change by me getting upset. And I love the, the last thing, because I'm free, nothing is going to worry me. It won't be long until happiness greets me. It's even in the midst of that rain coming down that it changes the way he's thinking. But as I began to think more about that, what do we do when it starts to rain to try and protect ourselves? We go to one of the local retail stores, and we buy something like this. So this is a practical illustration message today. We buy an umbrella, and they said it really messes up all the lights, and they wonder why we have lights whenever I do this. But here we go. We'll see how this goes. But we put this umbrella on to keep all of the rain from coming down, obviously, and hitting us on the head. And get a big one like this, and there's plenty of room for it us to not get wet, but it also can guard against the sun if it's super raining, although you'd look really strange walking around with it with the sun, but people can do that. But what is the purpose of the umbrella but to protect us? And I want us to look at this morning God's protection on our life. The Bible says that he will give his angels charge over you. In Proverbs chapter 2 verse 7, it says, he holds success in store for the upright He is a shield to those who walk blameless. 
whose walk is blameless. He guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. And the connotation there of the shield is like many of the older movies that you see back of, you know, the gladiator days, and they didn't have the warfare that we have today. And, and they'll just take lines and lines of them will take and shoot their arrows. Have you seen it in the movies? And they shoot it. They're not really shooting it anywhere. They're just shooting it. And you see hundreds of them just shooting through the air at where the line of the enemy is there. And so they're not sitting there going, okay, that one's coming straight for me. But what they do is they put their shield up and they drop to the ground and then they just start hitting on it and it bounces off. That shield shield is their protection. God says, that's what I want to do for you when you're walking in the way that I've got for you. He says, I want to be that thing that keeps all these fiery darts, all these things that are trying to take you out. Now, in that same illustration, you see the enemies, you know, army pitted against army, and they're shooting those arrows because they're hoping it's going to miss, and it's just going to, you know, that's going to be the end of the story for that one, and they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and it's an amazing sight to see, but how scary is it if you're underneath that thing, but then you see it just bounces off, and you're able to keep advancing and going on. One of the greatest uh, scriptures in the whole Bible is probably one of my top five scriptures that I love is Psalm 91. And I want us to look at that. We looked at it a few weeks ago, but I want us to look at it again in, the, in this context. It says, those who live into the shadow, into the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Can I suggest to you that underneath the umbrella, there's a shadow. The shadow is I'm being covered by this thing that is over top of me and it's keeping me in a good place. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I will trust in him. And I'm not going to keep picking up the umbrella so you keep seeing me holding it over here. But in that place is safety. In that place is refuge. He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers and shelter you with his wings. Now, when they came out of Egypt, they brought several things that were, that were holy, and they were things that God said, this is a significant thing for you. And they put it in a, in a thing. It's called the Ark of the Covenant. And it had angel wings that are over there, and it's describing these things. But this is the manifest presence of God. He will cover you with his feathers and shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Don't be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Now, I already gave you the illustration of the old-timey where they're shooting the arrows at each other and they're dropping down. And, but you say, well, that really doesn't apply to me today. But we have similar things. We got a, a crazy man over another part of the world that's trying to send ICBMs over here that's flying in the middle of the night and trying to do these things. We can also have terror. Many people are really, really upset and concerned and scared about what the future looks like for things that are going to come flying. We have this hope in our government, and we don't know if it's really well-founded, that, that if something really comes shooting, that they're able to shoot it out of the sky. But here we says, don't be afraid. Don't dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand may fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying all around you, these evils will not touch you. Why will they not touch you? Because you're under the covering. 
When you're under the covering of God, everything, that, all this stuff can be happening all around you, and you're drawing a circle, and what's going on in your life can't have protection. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, if you stay under the umbrella of protection, No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Then you will hold up. They will hold you up with their hands. So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample on the lions and the cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When I'm holding onto that umbrella and I'm saying, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I'm underneath your shadow. I'm putting my trust in you. He's like, I love it. I've got you. I've got this, uh, this t- canopy over top of you. I'll reward them with long life and give them my salvation. Now, when we had children, Lenore had a son, Alec, from previous marriage, and we got him right away whenever we um, got married. We actually moved our wedding day up to get him. We started teaching him how to pray at night and, and to say the prayers before we went to sleep. And we developed this prayer, and it's kind of translated into all the other kids as well. We did the same one with Andrew. Now it's Andrew and Alec doing it together, and then Joy comes along. And, and we just done this. And the prayer just says, that, God, I thank you for today. And names all of our family members. And it ends with, and I ask you to give your angels charge over me. Keep me safe in all my ways. In Jesus' name I pray. But you see, that prayer isn't just something nice for them to say before they go to sleep. We're praying Psalm 91. We're putting ourselves in this place of alignment underneath the umbrella, underneath the canopy of God's covering. But now let me ask you. What will happen if God says, this is the plan and this is the way I've got for you. And you're like, you know, I I know, God, you don't want me to do that over there, but I really don't care about what you say. And then you just go and do your own thing. And you just cut some holes in this thing. Well, that, I guess if I stay over here, it's not going to be near as bad. But wow, I've got this thing that's just kind of flapping in the wind here and then there's other things in my life that God says, you know, I really want to talk to you about that. And you're like, um, well, you know, I kind of, you know, I've always done it that way. And I think it's okay. And then pretty soon, you know, there's just other things that you say, you know, God, I'm just really not ready to do what you want me to do. And before you know it, you look at this. And you say, well, I, I trust in God and, 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 and I'm a Christian and, and everything's what it should be. And why are bad things happening in my life? Why is it that there's arrows and the rain's getting on my head? Could it be because I've not truly submitted to the will and the plan of God? The other side of this is falling under authority and submission. So within a household, God set up an authority structure and everything in the world there's an authority structure i mean we have it from the top down in the united states the president's the top guy and in you know businesses the owner is the the top guy and then he's there's there's authority structures that are everywhere even in the home there's an authority structure so as the husband he is the head of the house not because he's better just there's an authority structure and he's the one who's sat there holding the umbrella 
Now, if he makes bad decisions, he can cut those holes, and those sins are going to be visited, the Bible says, even to the generations, four generations down the road, because of some things that he never conquered, for things that he allowed to be in his home, say, oh, that's okay, I'm not going to worry about that. But God says, my heart and my desire is for you to live under the canopy, under the shadow of the Most High. He has a better idea and a plan for our life. One that doesn't have holes in it. One that doesn't have things where I've not listened to God. So as the husband and as the head of the household, I've got my little umbrella and I've got my little canopy. I've got my little relationship with God and I'm trying to keep it all right. I'm trying not to allow any holes in here and I'm trying to just deal with whatever he tells me to at the time and walk in the right way. And then I have my wife who comes, gets married to me, and we, we stand at the altar, and I say, wilt thou, and she wilts. And she comes in, and she gets underneath my umbrella. And so she's here with me. She's protected now because of my relationship with God. But now, I can have a decision that she doesn't like. I can actually be wrong in my decision, and she can say, you know, I don't really like that. And she can step outside the area of protection. She can be 100% right. I can be 100% wrong. And she's in the wrong. Because she steps outside of the protection. And you'll see a difference in the dynamic of the relationships. And then when we come together and talk. Of course this never happens with Lenore. But when we come together and talk. And everything's fine. Then the unity is restored. And we're back in the protection out there. Thank you, honey. God says, I have this order and this protection canopy that is over top of you. I know it's kind of silly to have the umbrellas up here, but it's a great visual for you to see in your mind. I could have tried to describe it. I could have had a picture, but it's a total another thing when you have this huge umbrella up here. But you see, it doesn't just limit to wise. Then when we have our children, they're all crowded up underneath there. And we have to build the canopy bigger, bigger, bigger. And, and we got this canopy. And they say, you know, I really don't like what you're saying, dad or mom. And I think you're wrong. I don't think that's the way I should live. And I don't think that's right. And they can also step outside the canopy. That's on a practical level. Again, you can be 100% right and be in the wrong place. And you've got yourself opened to the the darts, the arrows that are flying, if you're not under that canopy. But now you can be right in the canopy, and the person who's in authority can be wrong, and God will deal with that person. God will deal with me. God will deal with the owner. God will deal with the president. So we don't have to sit here and say, well, I don't like the president, whoever it is. I don't like the decisions. You pray for him. And you let God deal with him. And you still do your thing. You obey and you do your right thing. God says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Pay your taxes. Do what you're supposed to do with God, with, with the government. And then do with God what you're supposed to do with God. They're both here, and they're both in the same area. We don't want to allow any holes 
in our umbrella. My mom used to tell me when I first started to drive, you can be, you can have the right of way and not be in the way of right. You can actually have the right of way. So you've stopped, you've looked everything, and then you go and somebody can come along and plow and hit you and you still end up with a crash. It's a similar thing. I can be knowing that that that's not the right decision that's being made. But if I find myself into a place of submission and saying, God, I'm trusting in you that you're going to fix this situation with my spouse, with my, with my parents, with my brothers, my friends, my, my boss, my whatever it is, all the way up to our government, I can stay in the right standing and I can stay in the right place with God. You always want to be in right standing with your authority. But you see, I can take this and say, you know, God, I, I really, you know, those things aren't really important. And I can let these holes in my umbrella become a calloused heart. Say, so you know what? I, I'm just going to turn a blind eye to that for so long and I, I just forget about it. And then I look and say, why is all this bad stuff happening to me? Everybody else does the same thing I do, but I'm the one who gets caught. Why is it that I didn't even really do something? People do worse things than me, and I'm the one who's getting in trouble all the time. God doesn't want us to have a calloused heart. He doesn't want us to have gaps. He wants us to live in the right place. The right place that is the most important is to be in right standing with God. Psalms 32 verse 1 says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Now I want you to think about that for a second. What does that mean, whose sins are covered? Does that mean like, I'll just pull the blanket over that and say, Oh, that's not there. Or, you know, God, you're telling me about this, but just cover my sin up. You know, we're just going to play like my sin isn't there. That's not what it's talking about. Verse 2 says, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. I want to suggest to you, it's the person who says, God, I know I made a mistake. I know I cut a hole over here, but God, I'm really trying to mend this back up. I'm really trying to get my sewing kit and put this back together, but God, help me to put this all back together. Lord, I know I did it again. Oh, this isn't who I want to be, but I find myself doing this. He goes, I'm not going to hold that against you. He goes, I'm going to cover that with my love. It's not because it's okay. It's not because it's a callous heart. He's like, well, they're never going to change. It's not because he goes, well, there's nothing I can do about them. Whose heart, whose spirit has no deceit. He's not deceiving himself. He's not saying, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. That's nothing. It's a person who's going, God, I so need you. I so need you to help me with this thing. When I was traveling with Christ for the Nations, I was, we were in Alaska, actually, and I'm doing my private devotion with God, and I'm reading through the book of Proverbs every day. So it's the third day, and I'm reading Proverbs 3 and so on. And this particular day I'm reading, it says, Wisdom has hewn out its 
pillars, and it has ten pillars. And just like that, in the middle of reading that, and I'm just doing my little devotion. God says, you have ten things in your life that are areas of sin. And they're holding you back. And I'm like, oh. Here I am on the road serving you. We're in Alaska. We're doing this stuff. I'm like, well, what is it? And he goes, well, this is the first one. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, okay, tell me the other nine. He goes, no. Deal with the one. But I want to know the other nine, God. And he goes, no, deal with the one. And over the course of time, even years, he dealt with me in all ten of those. And there came a day that I looked back. I'm like, wow, God, you actually dealt with those. But what did he do with the other nine? They were still sin. Why was he not beating me over the head for those? Why was he say, start with this one. Work on this one. He was covering my other sins. Going, you're on a process. You're working at it. You're not trying to deceit yourself. I'm going to cover it. 1 Peter 4 Verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. A multitude. Not one or two. A whole bunch. So much that it's like, what, what's the big number here? Okay, a multitude of sins. Again, that's not saying, there's no hope for you. You're never going to change. You've got a callous heart. It's like, you've got all of these things and God's like, hey, I'm working on them one at a time. I'm the one who's at work in your life. And I've given this illustration plenty of times before, and I, I just love it. It's one of the first illustrations God gave me when we told to plant this church. He says, you know, there's a cloud, almost like when we have the hazer on, you see the cloud in here and, you know, the different things. And if I move my hand, you can see the air moving and it'll do little designs. You can see it in the lights up here, this cool design. He says, there's this cloud of Things that people put labels on my people. It would say, and you put all these different names of sin, and I'm not going to even list any of them because I don't want you to go, oh, that was me. Because people say you're going to go to hell because you have this title hanging around your neck. And he brought me to this place and he goes, but none of those people are going to go to hell because of that title, because of what they do. They're going to go to hell or they're going to go to heaven based on one thing and one thing alone. Do they have a personal relationship with me? Because can you cut through that cloud of sin? Those cut through those clouds of labels to get to the person. Because once you get to that person, then we can start working on all these sins. And like me, when God says, hey, there's 10 things in your life that we're going to start with, number one. You go, oh, I don't want it. God to tell me there's 10 things that are really wrong in my life that are major pillars. I mean, good Lord. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing, 10 pillars that are wrong in your life. He says, I'm going to cover over all of those things with my love. It is the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. And while I was still sinning, God loved me and sent his son to die for me. His love covers over a multitude of sins. See, on that day, when you stand before God, 
Pastor Chris in the video we looked at last week, he goes, come up here and see me right now. You know, that, that moment when you stand before God, he's not going to ask you what you did. He's not going to ask for a list of all your good deeds. He's not going to put it on a scale to see if the good outweighed the bad. On that day, he's going to say, did you have a personal relationship with me? Did you live trusting in me underneath my protection? Did you have a personal relationship with me? Did you live under the umbrella in covenant? And the only way that begins is by surrendering your life to God. You know, another thing I say almost every week is, at this point when I'm winding the service down, I say, you know, maybe you once walked with God. And you would say, if I'm honest, today I'm pretty far from God. As I was studying for this, I came across this scripture in James chapter 5, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth... And it's brought back. So in other words, they're walking on the path of God. They had their moment that they said, wow, I know why I want to accept Christ and I accepted Christ. And then through situations in life and just holes in our umbrella, kind of got tripped up and fell and stopped walking on the way. So if anyone wanders away, verse 20, be sure that whoever brings the sinner back saves that person from hell and brings about the forgiveness of many sins. Can I suggest to you that that's all tied in with love covers a multitude of sins. See, because I can see the holes in your umbrella really good. Can't you see the holes in everyone else's umbrella? Can't you see all the problems, all the, all the labels, all the titles that you would put on the same? Well, you're, and you got this, and you got that. And we could look at all this stuff and go, oh, <laughs> you really need God. But can we be like Jesus? We, can we let his love cover all of those things and go, I'm going to penetrate through that cloud? What's your personal relationship with Jesus? Where are you with God? Do you have a personal relationship with Him? Will you bow your eyes and close? Bow your head and close your eyes. We start off looking at rain. How we don't really like it when we get wet. How we try to to get protection and we have an umbrella and we looked at God's protection in our lives we can listen to his his gentle knocking on our heart door to tell us to, to do something maybe a little differently when he identifies something in our life that he wants to change then we can either choose to do it or have a callous heart to it we looked at living under the blessings of God talked about having that personal relationship with Jesus even at the point that you may have started a while ago and stumbled and fell 
I have the great news to tell you again today. That today we can start repairing our umbrellas. We can start anew again. If that's you and you want to be counted in, I'm not going to cause anybody to come up front. That's not how I believe we should do it here. Because I believe it's a personal relationship that you have with God. I'm just the one to help you with the prayer. Just the one to help you with the words. If that's you this morning, whether you're here in this room, you're in the sound of my voice, you're watching the stream, listen to the MP3. Just say this with me. All you got to do is mean it from your heart. God in heaven, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. To pay for my sins so I don't have to. Help me to not have a calloused heart. Help me to work on the things that you tell me to work on. I ask you to forgive me for living my life without you. Jesus, please forgive me. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be number one. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live under your shadow, under your umbrella of protection. And I'm going to live for you. Today, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray for everyone who's challenged yet again to look at their life, to look at how their umbrella looks. If there's areas that need mending, there's areas that we need to go back and start working on, or if there's even 10 pillars like you told me, dear God. That God, your love covers a multitude of sins for me. And possibly even greater. That I will be able to turn that same love to everyone around me. And cover. Regardless how big. Regardless how disturbing their sins are. Cover them with your love that one day we would see them restored. That one day we'll see them like you see them. Father, we give all this to you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.